It could have been worse. A Category 3 hurricane landing yesterday on the least populated Big Bend of Florida. But there was surge flooding in towns and areas along the coast before the storm headed to Georgia, the Carolinas, and out the Atlantic. It was a deceptive storm, striking in the dark, passing over land and back out to sea. Deceptive because it turned quickly sunny as day broke, giving the impression that all was well. But it wasn't. There was the matching blue moon and king tide, which together increased the flooding. At one point yesterday, 270,000 out of power in Florida, 40,000 in Georgia. The damage inflicted by weather this summer has been great. We've had more than our share of storms and fires. Air quality has suffered. Heat has been hard to bear. Yet through it all, we're called to come to the Lord, our refuge, hiding us in the shadow of His wings. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this final day of August, we're still in a series called War and Grace. It's Thursday. And all week, we've been hearing stories of the Lord's grace, even in the midst of the horrors of war. And today we have another powerful story of a minister who was a chaplain to 21 of the Nazis' highest-ranking officials, all mass murderers, all guilty of heinous crimes against humanity. I couldn't imagine his job, but he found a way. And in the process, he saw the Lord move, not only in some of their hearts, but in his own as well. But before we do that, let's return to Florida. And on the line with me from near where Hurricane Adalia hit is a friend of mine, an ear, nose, and throat specialist, Dr. Michael Branch. Michael, thanks for joining me here on the program. Well, it's really nice to talk to you, Charles, and I appreciate your letting me do this. Thank you. The storm hit hard, and there's been a lot of flooding. What are you seeing and experiencing right now? Well, it uh, came up relatively quickly, and uh, as it approached our, our side of the state, which is the west side, a place called Homosassa, which is uh, north of Tampa, south of Crystal River. And unfortunately, uh, when it came up, the winds were coming out of the southwest primarily, and so the storm surge was the biggest problem, which is now causing major problems along the coast, um, particularly in our area and north, up around uh, up to Apalachicola. Uh, we, we debated on staying there and prayed about it, and we were uh, thinking we would maybe ride it out, but it just didn't make sense. And so I have friends in Gainesville, and I came over and stayed, and that's where I am now. And um, it is what it is. Right now we're stuck. We really can't get back in. The waters are over the roads. Homosassa pretty much is flooded, and so is Crystal River. If you see photographs, they show the buildings. Most of them older are sitting in water. Unfortunately, the winds are coming out of the southwest, which holds the water in. The springs are making water flowing out of the river, and the tide's coming in. So it's sort of a trifecta, I guess, of uh, complicated circumstances. But we'll we'll stay put tonight and hopefully can get back in tomorrow. Well, I'm so thankful you and your wife are safe and sound, even if your power's out. Do you mind taking a moment to pray for your area and other areas in the southeast affected by this storm? No, I don't mind at all. Um, I'll be happy to do that. So let's pray. Now, Father God, Lord of the universe and King of all things, we are grateful to you because of your common grace and special grace that you've given us and we know that these things are in your hands that you have absolute control sovereignty and 
your providence is perfect and nothing happens that's outside your will. As uh, R.C. Sproul used to say, there are no maverick molecules. We appreciate so much that your care is with us even in these times of difficulty and disaster. And we think about uh, our friends and neighbors and people along the coast and even up into Georgia, South Carolina, where they're still experiencing bad winds. We pray, Father, for all of them and especially for your children that you would uh, bring things uh, through this that are good as you promised, that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to your purpose. So we pray that you would give grace and give mercy and give comfort and help and inspire other Christians to help those who are in need. And thank you for uh, all that you do and the blessings you've given us in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Dr. Michael Branch, thank you for joining us on Haven today. So uh, thank you, Charles. I I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk with you. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today. And in just a moment, I want you to hear the incredible story, a true story, of Pastor Henry Garricky as he shared the gospel with Nazis while they awaited execution for their heinous crimes. You can read more about his story and others like Louis Zamperini in the Christian biography book we have called War and Grace. This book is filled with the stories of how the Lord broke into the darkest places to save and restore in the middle of both world wars of the last century. Believe me, once you start this book, you're not going to want to put it down. So after the program, visit our website, make your gift to this ministry, but ask for War and Grace. Our web address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And when you're there, check out the full 30-minute interview with Louis Zamperini on our Great Stories podcast. You can also make your gift and get the book by calling us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Now let's open our time together now with Torin Wells and Until Grace. I knew I was broken, but there was no one that I could tell. Mm. Praying felt like I was throwing pennies in a wishing well. And I started believing I was cursed to carry this weight. I was listing the reasons of why I should walk away. Until grace called my name Oh, I didn't know I could be free Until grace found me Until grace broke these chains Oh, I didn't know I could be free Until grace found, your grace found me I'd be looking at a future full of question marks mm-hmm. But I don't have to have all of the answers if you have my heart In you, I'm finding redemption A little more with every breath Brand new like the morning And I'll never
That's Torrin Wells and a song called Until Grace opening this haven today. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Henry Garricky was an all-American boy. He grew up on a farm around St. Louis, Missouri in the early 1900s. In 1926, he was ordained as a Lutheran pastor. We're continuing this series called War and Grace, and we begin his story in World War II. Shortly after the attack on Pearl Harbor, Garricky's three sons enlisted, fighting for their side of the war, and Garricky himself decided to become a chaplain. His evangelistic zeal made him ideal to work in a hospital where patients had been wounded in the war and were even dying. He was given a big task. He was asked to go to Nuremberg, where 21 top Nazis, after the war, all mass murderers were about to be tried for war crimes. Here's Pastor Don Stevens sharing with his congregation about this incredible story. Apparently, one Nazi, Raider, had asked for spiritual advice. Now, being a Lutheran and being German-speaking, Henry Gericke was an ideal man to send. When he heard that they'd all been asked what their religion was, he was told 15 had said they were Protestants and six had said they were Catholic. So he had a congregation of 15 and a Catholic priest had the other six. Gerricke's memoirs tell us that he was frightened by the task. There was nothing to be frightened of in a physical sense because these once all-powerful prisoners were now helpless. It was just the nature of their crimes, the confrontation with the absolutely evil that made him shudder. He had no intention of making light of what they had done. And his orders were to conduct services if the 15 wanted it and to be available for spiritual matters only. Let's briefly meet a few of that strange congregation. There was 54-year-old Hermann Goering, who'd been head of the Luftwaffe and had whose idea of death camps um, well, it was his idea to start concentration camps. There was 49-year-old Rudolf Hess, who was Hitler's one-time deputy. Field Marshal Keitel was responsible for the deaths of the British prisoners involved in the Great Escape. And more Russians, Jews and Gypsies than anybody could count. 54-year-old Hubert Supremo Dönitz was the successor to Hitler after his suicide. Ribbentrop, Hitler's foreign minister, was guilty of every known war crime. He was even remembered in England at the time as the man who'd gone right up to King George VI and given him a Heil Hitler salute. Willem Frick had gone through the war without a conscience about the terror and extermination he had caused. And Fritz Sorkel was such a disgusting example of the human race that five million people had been manipulated as slave laborers. And then there was Alfred Rosenberg, a bigoted atheist, 
who fed Hitler's already poisoned mind with further ideas for death and poisonous murder. In a war which cost 50 million lives, here were Hitler's agents of death on trial for their lives. And the question in Gericka's mind was, how on earth are these men going to respond to the glorious gospel of Christ? Because the gospel stood for the very opposite of what they had stood for. Well, in the kingdom of God, special men are often raised up in special circumstances. Now, here was a Christian pastor who was going to meet the most unlovely and unloving congregation any man ever had. Their collective crimes were a blot on the human race. Gerica prayed in private for special grace, and he decided to concentrate on the gospel of the cross. He had 11 months to see if those men would repent. First job, go round every cell and invite them to a chapel service. He made it clear, if they came, he would not be putting in a good word for them at the trial, and their attendance had no significance as far as the outcome of the trial was concerned. First cell he visited was Hess. His religion was astrology and collecting horoscopes. Would you like to come to a chapel service? Next Sunday evening, said Gerica to Hitler's one-time deputy, No, if I've any praying to do, I'll do it here. And Hess kept his word. He never attended any one of the 70 services that Gerica conducted, and he never repented. Next cell was Hermann Goering, chief of the Luftwaffe. To Gerica's surprise, Goering wanted to come. Out of the 15 he visited, only Hess and Rosenberg refused to come to the service. Rosenberg even refused the gospel of John because the chief character in it was Jewish. Fifteen chairs were put out for the service that Sunday night and thirteen of the prisoners showed up. As soon as that first service was over that Sunday night, Fritz Sorkel, who had been in charge of Nazi slave labour, asked to see Gerica. He walked into Sorkel's cell and found Sorkel weeping and calling out, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Please read the scriptures to me. Gerica was hard to deceive. He was a very experienced soul winner, and he was sure that Sorkel was converted by his visits in subsequent months. Soon, three more asked for Bible study. In May 1946, Gerica was 54 and he was now eligible to go home to America. With permission from the Allied officer in charge, every prisoner signed a letter to Mrs. Gerica pleading with her to let Henry Gerricka stay with them. She cabled him back, please stay on, they obviously need you. By the day of the executions in 1946, nine out of Gerricka's 15 were born again. 
You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and that was the late Pastor Don Stevens sharing with his church about the life of Henry Garricky. Isn't it incredible? Nine out of 15 Nazis gave their lives to Christ before they were executed. Garricky's work didn't stop there. He eventually moved to Milwaukee, where he worked as a chaplain at the disciplinary barracks. Eventually, he left active service and became an assistant pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Chester, Illinois. But he continued to minister at the local hospital as well as the penitentiary. After he went to be with the Lord, a thousand people visited his body as it lay in state at St. John's, and 8,000 prisoners paid their respects when his body lay at the Bernard Penitentiary Chapel. I can't even imagine this. But back to Germany, after World War II. I can't imagine it. Standing before 21 prisoners who had just months before been committing some of the most heinous crimes against humanity ever recorded. But Gericke didn't just stand before them. He ministered to them in Jesus' name. He went to them not with a spirit of hatred, which many had toward the Nazis, and for good reason, but he went with a spirit of grace, an outlook on the world that says we are more than what we have done. It's the outlook of Christ. Remember where the Apostle Paul came from? He was an ambitious young rabbi, quickly ascending the ranks as a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was zealous for his Lord, so zealous that he was willing to kill anyone he thought was in the wrong. The first Christian martyr, Stephen, was stoned in Acts chapter 7. And in Acts 8, we're told that Paul was there, overseeing his death and approving. He went from there to getting approval to head north to Damascus. For what? To round up Christians, throw them in prison, even kill them. He was a persecutor of the church, a murderer. Yet on that road to Damascus, he met Jesus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That was the question our Lord posed to him in a blinding light. And instead of condemning him to death... Jesus sent him on to the city of Damascus and eventually restored him, turning him into a powerful missionary and witness to his marvelous grace. Jesus treated Paul just like that German immigrant Lutheran pastor in St. Louis treated those Nazi war criminals. You are more than what you have done. Redemption is always possible. Grace is never too far away. Garricky shared the gospel with them, day in and day out, and when he returned to his homeland, the United States, he faithfully ministered to prisoners until he died. You are more than what you've done. No one listening right now is a war criminal on the scale of those 21 Nazis. No one has persecuted the church like the Apostle Paul did when he was still Saul but we all need to hear this. You are more than what you've done. Those things you've done, those things that gnaw at your conscience, that make you feel unlovable, too guilty to even look to the Lord, too dirty to even approach Him, you need to hear that the Lord welcomes you in the name of Jesus. 
He doesn't put your deeds at the center of his love to you. He puts Jesus' work on the cross at the center. He loves you. He cares for you. He's with you. The life of Henry Gericke reminds us of this wonderful grace. No matter how far you think you've fallen, Christ's grace is more. We may be faithless, but he remains faithful. What do you say to someone who feels like they've lost it all? Over the edge with no one there to break their fall. And what do you say to someone who feels so unloved? Giving themselves away a little bit every day just to be good enough. And what do you say to a hopeless soul who can't remember their way home? And everything is out of their control. There is no Jesus, there is no moment, there is no distance, there is no heartbreak He can take you through. the air many times through the years, point of grace, there is nothing greater than grace on a haven today and a program called War and Grace. Henry Garricky's life was a testimony to the Lord's all-powerful grace. He saw the Lord use him. He actually found more grace from the Lord in the process. His own heart was changed. He longed to see prisoners set free from their bondage to sin even if they were never going to see freedom in this world because of what they had done. When we say how the Lord changes lives, especially 
in difficult times, it changes us as well. No one is ever too far away from the Lord's grace. And when you read War and Grace, short biographies from the world wars, I know that you will be inspired, your faith will be encouraged, you're going to grow in Christ. Thirteen stories that show God's amazing grace over and over again through the eyes of war survivors. Believe me, this is a real page-turner. Would you call us right now? Would you make a gift to the ministry? And we'll send you War and Grace. You just need to call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and there you'll find many resources like a video that we shot with the late Louis Zamperini and a special blog post about his life. You can experience all of that, get the book, and make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And if you'd like to hear our full 30-minute interview with Louis Zamperini, we have that posted on our Great Stories podcast. Look for it at haventoday.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Just as we go, if you'd like to know the backstories to some of the great hymns that you love, we still have Then Sings My Soul, 150 of the world's greatest hymns for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again on Friday, together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. In these summer days, you may have been spending some time at the beach. Maybe you were reading a good book, or you were even tempted to take a peek ahead. You don't want to get spoiled, but you're just dying to know what happens later on. In 1 John 3, the beloved disciple gives us a spoiler. He skips to the last chapter of the book, and gives us an important detail on those who believe in Jesus. He writes, What we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. One day we will look like our Savior, free from sin, free to love Christ completely. That's good news. You'll see Jesus more clearly through time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.